yeah, it's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy, original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player value. Hosted by John Paul Hurley and Izzy Alcabas. I'm going to do something a little bit different. If you've been a subscriber to our website, DynastyTradeCalculator.com in the past, or if you're you're considering it, you've never subscribed, use promo code COMEBACK20 for 20% off any term that you'd like. So if you want to do the $3 a month, $7.50 a quarter, or $15 a year, use the promo code COMEBACK20, C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-2-0, for 20% off your membership. Um, this is We've never done this before. So enjoy that just for listening to the podcast as a special gift. This will be active until the end of week seven, the end of this week. Um, so use it when you can. Welcome back to the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast, a show all about Dynasty player values and trades. The first ever the first ever Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast. Nobody else has done one. I'm one of your hosts, John Paul Hurley. Also joining me this week. I, Izzy, I know you always want me to change that. Should I, should I not say joining me this week? Well, let's keep it organic. Also joining the podcast, Izzy, the Pharaoh Fantasy Alcaboss. What's up, dude? What up? What up? We had a... Uh, well, I I, sh- I shouldn't say we. I had technical difficulties last week. Lost the file. So that's why there was no show. It was um, a fumble. But it was a fumble. It was a butt fumble, for sure. I'm, I'm back in business. I think we're I think we're good. We had a good week of, of practice. And... Uh, <laughs> practice. I'm ready. I'm ready for the game this week. That's, I'm glad you said that. It's a good disclaimer. We, we had planned to have a podcast last week. It was going to be an excellent podcast, uh, as I would call it, phenomenal. Uh, but the podcast ended up hitting the cutting room floor based on some technical difficulties. But we're back. We ended up taking a bye week last week. We're refreshed. The coach has us scripted for this episode for the first, uh, at least for the first drive, we're scripted. Right? So we're going to go like play by yeah. play here. And we got a we were going to cover some news, but there isn't a whole lot to cover. So we might just dump right into our prepared topic, which is going to be a brand new segment we like to call Dynasty Delta or Dynasty Deltas. I don't know if we get, is, that's probably the best possible name we can think of this, right? So what we're going to do, Dynasty, I like it, yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at, we're going to do one position per week. This week is going to be quarterbacks. And we're going to take a look to see what quarterbacks have the biggest delta between their seasonal position and stats, average per scoring. And what their dynasty ranking in is. This might reveal like some really good opportunities to buy or sell these players. And we're going to start things off with the plus quarterbacks. These are the quarterbacks that have the biggest plus delta for how they're performing on the season to what they're ranked in dynasty. So it might be some good business cases to buy. To buy. And I'm going to keep this climatic. I'm going to start with the lowest of the three. So we got three for each one, plus and minus. Starting with the lowest of the three, we got Russell Wilson with a dynasty delta of eight. He's currently ranked 14th in average points per game on the season, and he's the 22nd overall quarterback in dynasty value. So Russell Wilson, let's talk a little bit about him, Izzy. Hey, we did disclaimer was average, not total points. Yeah, since bye weeks are okay. hitting, there's been some injuries. We're doing average points per game. That seems to be smart. Okay. So this one's... Out of all the players that we have like queued up here, Russell Wilson is probably the one that if I had him in Dynasty, I'd be really itching to get away from something about Russell Wilson just doesn't doesn't sit right with me. He right the way that he's performing is is basically like an older version of Jordan Love. Like they're scoring points, fantasy points. But if you watch them perform, you'd get a little uneasy. And even though he's 22nd in calculator value, there's a there's a big drop off once you get beyond probably the top, what do you want to say, top 18? Like there's tiers in in Dynasty in the in the quarterback landscape. So you have Russell Wilson is a pretty big, he's not even worth a, he's barely worth a, a late first. So he's he's back end first on like a desperate team. And let me ask you a question, just because this is a good conversation. If you needed a quarterback, would you give up a late first? If you're a contender and you're just missing something in the QB2 spot, let's say you had Anthony Richardson or you have Deshaun Watson and he's crap in the bed and now he's hurt again. Would you trade a late first for Russell Wilson to help, you know, get that QB2. No, I think it's bad process and and a lot of 
um, reason, like a lot of current situational reasons why I wouldn't also is because he's kind of sloping down. He's coming off games of, uh, he had 95 passing yards in week six and one passing touchdown. He had 194, because he's been under 200 passing yards each of the last two weeks and only one touchdown in both of them. So he's kind of like slumping back down. He's, it's the law of averages for him. I don't have a lot of faith in him, uh, number, number two. Um, just as a quarterback, from what I've seen um, from him in Denver, I haven't been a, a huge fan of that. Like he had a really nice hot start to the season, and I think that um, that's coming back down now. Number three, his matchups that he's got in the next four weeks, he faces three. Actually, I'm going to say next five weeks, he faces three top ten passing defenses, and he has his bye week, and then he kind of finishes off the season, the right, the fantasy season, the Super Bowl week. He pay, plays against the Patriots, who are fifth against the pass. So I just think like situationally, it's a bad idea. Process being a 34 year old quarterback, it's a bad idea, and the fact that I just don't trust him in Denver is a bad idea. So no, I wouldn't. I would, however, pay a, some sort of second. Um, I try to like, if it's somebody who's bailing out on Russell Wilson, it's probably not somebody who's contending. So I would try to play mm-hmm. up the whole role that you know you're rebuilding. Nobody's going to pay you a first. Here's a second, bitch. And would you say the last part? Uh, I mean, I always put that on there just to kind of like establish dominance. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah, really drill at home too. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I think a desperate team. You know, I, I I'm in the league and I saw Russell Wilson go for a first. So I feel like there are transactions that are occurring right now with Russell Wilson going for a first. Yeah, was it was it twelve teams superflex? Nothing fancy. Yeah. Yep, 12 okay. teams to reflect nothing fancy. And he's been productive, but he's touchdown heavy. And like you had mentioned, the matchups coming up, he's, he's good enough. He's Right now, he's good enough to get you by. But how much more time does, does Russell Wilson have? I feel like it's not just his game. People legitimately, you want to hear Russell Wilson's story? Yeah. Okay, just for fun. So I have a friend who is a server at Del Frisco's in Colorado. In De- well, I guess in close to Denver. And the Broncos had come in. Some of the Broncos players had come in. And Russell Wilson had apparently set up this dinner at Del Frisco's. It was 25 players or something like that. Well, they racked up. An $8,000 bill, which honestly for 25 players isn't that bad. You know, three, I mean, it's a lot, probably a lot of alcohol. So it's over $300 a person, whatever. Well, Russell Wilson started complaining about paying the bill. He didn't want to, it was $8,000 bill. He didn't want to pay $8,000. So he threw a stink, manager got involved, and Russell Wilson said, I'm not paying more than $5,000. So I think that he may have got in there and thought that there would be some sort of deal because it's the Broncos and they're entitled. I don't know what the case may be. But apparently, Russell Wilson paid $5,000 and then left the $3,000 remaining for everybody else. And he left the restaurant. And I can't remember who picked up the remaining portion of the bill. But somebody picked up the remaining you know, $3,000 and tip, whatever, whatever is left over. And apologize profusely for Russell Wilson's behavior. Wow, probably was it when he was when he was in Seattle or Denver? No, this just happened like last week or the week before. Okay, so it's probably Javonta Williams that picked it up. Yep. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a defensive player that picked it up. I just don't remember which defensive. Oh, he was player he was, was playing defense against uh, legal action. That's what he was. That's yeah, that maybe sense. that's what he's doing. But if that's just typical, like what we hear about Russell Wilson, kind of a douche. Nobody really likes him. Doesn't sound like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like when he was Seattle, people didn't like him. People don't like him in Denver. It's how, if you're, if you're beloved and you're declining in performance, people will put up with you, right? Just because it's, you know, he's a good guy. He's, you know, kind of on the back end of his career, but everybody likes him. He's good for the team, so on and so forth. Russell Wilson is not only bad for the morale of the team, but he's also, if he starts stringing together bad performances, there's nobody clamoring to keep him around. No. So I view Russell Wilson as probably one of the biggest risks in 
in dynasty in terms of at the quarterback position. His performance is starting to wane. It's been waning since he got to Denver. And he could alienate himself out of Denver. And then who's going to want to pick up the bag there? So honestly, like a second plus, if I, if I have Russell Wilson, I'm not contending, um, which I have him in a league where I, it was a startup. I threw, I threw in the towel right away. I got the eighth overall pick and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get one of the top quarterbacks. I drafted Trevor Lawrence and I, I traded every single second, third, fourth, and fifth in some sort of package deals to acquire future first. Yeah, genius. And I drafted, I drafted Russell Wilson in the back end of that draft. Like in the, I think it was the ninth or 10th round, I drafted Russell Wilson. I'm like, okay, so I have Trevor Lawrence and Russell Wilson. If he has a renaissance, there's a chance. And I drafted Chubb super late, you know, later than most people would expect, and um, J.K. Dobbins. So I was like, okay, well, I can backdoor this thing. And I started taking flyers on a bunch of receivers. So I could backdoor compete with having, you know, five first round picks. But my obviously Chubb got hurt, J.K. Dobbins got hurt, and I still have Russell Wilson. And I'm waiting for a team to lose a quarterback due to injury. And then I can try to move Russell Wilson to a contender. So I'm kind of staying patient. But if I can get a second plus a receiver that I like, you know, a young receiver or a couple that maybe of hasn't broken up or a couple of seconds. Um, people usually don't have that when a startup had just occurred. They haven't acquired multiple seconds. But yeah, if, if I can get two seconds for Russell Wilson, absolutely. I wouldn't mind a second plus something like a receiver or a tight end that I really like that's kind of under the radar. But yeah. I would be moving Russell Wilson ASAP. The play for me is I'd be targeting a Matthew Stafford. Like if you're trying to still compete and you have Russell Wilson and you feel uncomfortable with Russell Wilson, I think the pivot is Matthew Stafford. They're the same age, but I think Stafford will give you more time because he's a better quarterback and he's good for a locker room. Yeah, I do, uh, Matthew Stafford. Derek Carr, maybe he's been a little bit banged up. Um, I like the Matthew Stafford pivot, though. Yeah, yeah. So the, their value, his value tier, Russell Wilson is like the Sam Howell, Matt Stafford. So Sam Howell, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. Right, that's kind of the pot. Kenny Pickett. So, would you trade Russell Wilson for every single one of those guys? Uh, go one by one again. So I think Howell and Stafford, we are agreed. Yeah, they're already ahead of you. You'd them. rather have them. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah, probably. Man, I just like <laughs> Tyrod Taylor looked way better than Daniel Jones this week, last week. Daniel Jones, yeah. Daniel Jones averaging 12 points a game. Daniel Jones is yucky. I, I'm, I'm out on him, but like uh, uh, Russell at least has like the his season average points per game to go off of. So I'd probably rather have Russell because now I'd rather have Russell over Daniel Jones, but I, I would pivot off of Russell and I think I could get more for Russell than Daniel Jones at this point. That'd be interesting. I don't know if that's the case. I will put up a poll just asking. We should let's tweet it out. And by the way, speaking of polls, just this might even be a good spot to um, I want you to finish off naming your quarterbacks, finish naming off your quarterbacks. Yep. And then um, I will. I did like a secret poll while we were talking that I'll um, talk about the results of. Okay. Um, and then we'll we'll transition over to our next quarterback in the Dynasty Delta Plus column. Okay. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I will take ahead of Russell Wilson. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean Derek's just two years younger. The value's close enough, and I just think Russell's fading off. But like, if I'm trading Carr for Russell, or I'm trading Russell to get to receive Carr. Um, I would want to try to get like a little bit extra on top of it, but I would I would take it straight up. I'd take Carr ahead of Russell straight up. Um, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Oh, same kind of story there. Um, Geno Smith, thirty three. It's a little bit closer in age. Uh, hasn't been great this season. That's getting really close for me. I think Geno Smith is the. 22nd ranked quarterback on the season for average points per game. That's what that's what I have on my the one I've got pulled up. Derek Carr is 26th. So neither one are really burning up the the box wire, the boxes. Mhm. Okay. And then what about Kenny Pickett? Uh yeah, I'd take the risk on Kenny. Like he's uh he's a young dude. 
Um, he's got some great weapons. I, I would take the risk on Kenny, just g- given the age and the the potential. And just for fun, Mac Jones. Ugh, man. I can't. Like, I'm, I'm selling Mac after this week. I'm just concerned about the boy. Okay. So you feel better about Pickett than Mac? Yeah. Okay. Um, and with Russell Wilson, I think I'd rather have every single quarterback mentioned outside of Geno Smith. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to, I do, I do want to say just those, it's kind of coincidence, coincidental that each of those four quarterbacks you've named off, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, they're all side by side by side by side in average points per game this season. Derek Carr, 21st, Geno, 22nd, Mac Jones, 23rd, Kenny Pickett, 24th. So I think that's kind of a coincidence. That is funny. Look at that. So still early, so I won't put up the results, but let's, uh, let's keep talking. Let's keep on talking. And, and uh, mine's, mine's early, but it's, it's uh, 43 votes in, but it's, it's uh, a landslide. So I tweeted out, if you're a contender and you need a quarterback, would you pay a late first for Russell Wilson? And the options were, yeah, sure. And hell no. And hell no is leading 86% to 14% after 43 votes. So it's pretty much uh, locked and loaded. That's not happening. Okay. I wonder if you had Russell Wilson and you were a contender and he was your QB2, would you just get out from under him just to acquire a first? Just to keep the pipeline fresh? Yeah, maybe. Just to have that. I don't know. I mean, like, would you give up your chance of losing, you know, that quarterback for a first and saying, I'm going to take the chance that Russell Wilson is not going to be the difference in my championship? Yeah. Um, moving on to the number two rated quarterback in Dynasty Plus Deltas. With a delta of plus nine, he's currently eighth in scoring and ranked 17th in Dynasty rankings. Jared Goff, and he's quite a bit different of a story than Russell Wilson. I'd be absolutely slamming on the buy button for him if somebody's willing to sell at anywhere around that 17th Dynasty ranking value, whatever that may be. I think we'll pull it up on the DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Do a 12 team uh, super flex. We'll do tight end premium since that's kind of the standard now, right? So it would be like probably yeah. like a, a 2024 104 ish. Yeah. It's so like a, an early to mid first in 2024. If somebody's willing to sell at that value, I'm absolutely slamming on the buy button. But talk to me about Goff. How do you feel? Yeah. Goff is, um, he's probably the most. Under, I mean, if you just watched his last game, you wouldn't say that. But he's probably which is the great. Most That's underrated. what you want. This is a window. Yeah, this is a small window. He's probably the most underrated quarterback in dynasty relative to obviously the peers. Now, we you know we talked about this last week before our show went to crap because of technical difficulties. So we'll do it kind of again. There is a tier of players that clump together in, in value. And they are starting at the 13th, so starting with QB2s because the top 12 seem kind of locked in. And then you have like a little bit of a tier break. It's Dak Prescott, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Bryce Young, Jared Goff. And then a, another tier is Deshaun Watson. Yes. Give me those players in order. Those are six players. Put those players in order. I'll go Goff really easy. In fact, I might even... I, I, before I do that... No, I'll, I'll, I'll put them in order, then I'll ask you my question. Um, trying okay. to stay on task here. I'll go Goff pretty easily. I'll go Purdy number two. Dak three. Bryce Young I'd take Watson ahead of I yeah, would I take Watson ahead of Love? No, I yeah, I, I God, I really don't like Love, man. He's like my and I admit I was wrong about this player when it first happened, but who's the uh the Lions wide receiver? He was kind of like really low draft capital, tall physical freak kind of guy. And went to went to the New York Giants. I'm having a brain fart in his name right now. And didn't do nothing, oh, Kenny, didn't do anything. Kenny Galladay. 
Kenny yeah. Galladay. I was so out on Kenny Galladay. I, I never liked what I saw, and, and like I was a little bit surprised by his flashes that he that he came up on, and I, I felt justified when he fell off pretty quickly again. But like Jordan Love is my Kenny Galladay. I don't see what people are seeing. I haven't saw what people have seen. So I'm I'm just you like seen even what if people he, have seen. Even if he spikes back, I, I'm I'm not I'm out. Like I'm he's he's Galladay. He's dead to me. <laughs> he's dead to you. Well, I mean, to be fair, Galladay Matt Stafford has made if you look at all of the players that have been tied to Matt Stafford, they've all had their best performances or best seasons with Matt Stafford. You could look at um even going to like Kenny Galladay that like you're talking about. You can look at Marvin Jones. You can look at you know, obviously Calvin didn't really have he only had uh, Matt Stafford, but Cooper Cup. I mean, he's got, it, and there's a bunch more. I mean, obviously, we don't know with Amonra, but I'm guessing it's. I guess did he have? No, he didn't. It was always been Goff with Amonra. Yep. Right. So we don't yep, know. Always Goff. Um. <clears throat> but yeah. Any anyhow, if you could pull up a lot of the receivers that have played with Matt Stafford, if they're his one or two, they've always they've had their best performances as Matt, with Matt Stafford as quarterback. Um, so Kenny Gallagher is just one of those guys, um, guy that had no separation. He's one of the worst separators in league history, and he was still productive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to round that out, yeah, I would rather have Watson ahead of Love. Love is last. Um, and then Goff is easily first. So I would go Goff, Purdy, Dak, so I think our top three are the same. Young, and then Watson or Love. Oh God, dude, dude. I, you know, I I had I acquired a couple of shares of Deshaun Watson when he was suspended, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna come back, and yeah, I'd be able to choice. flip yep. him. I'd be able to flip him, no problem. And if I can't flip him, I'm I can gamble on him being really good. That he is a completely different quarterback. The dude sucks. Like it is bad. And now he's injury riddled. But I don't like Jordan Love either. Like I, I think I'd take Jordan Love, but I've been out on Jordan Love since the beginning. I, I just don't I just like you, I don't see it. I don't see it with Jordan Love. He's been he's been catapulted by touchdowns. And it's just not something two fifty nine has been his highest performance in terms of yards and it took him 44 attempts to get there uh other than that i mean he's hit 200 i mean three of his games are under 200 three of the games over 200 he's had two touchdowns in every single game but one and it's just when you watch him play you don't see an elite quarterback or, or anywhere near an elite quarterback he makes some pretty boneheaded like when he's throwing the deep ball, he's just throwing it up there. He had no interceptions. His first two weeks were three touchdowns, no interceptions, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Since then, from passing, he's had four passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't see it with him. I don't think he's the long-term answer in Green Bay. I think he'll have plenty of leash because there's nothing behind him. Um, and he's been relatively successful in flashes, but I don't think Jordan Love is any like I would. I don't think Jordan Love has any more staying power than a Kenny Pickett does. Yeah, or Sam Howell does outside of the draft capital. Like Jordan Love and and Kenny Pickett at least have the draft draft capital. Sam Howell doesn't. But if I if I'm a, I would rather have Sam Howell as a quarterback than Jordan Love, on an NFL team. I think Sam Howell is a better better quarterback. And that's not saying much because I don't know if Sam Howell is really all that good either. But I don't see it with Jordan Love, so I'd have him pretty low. But I think Deshaun Watson is borderline done. I don't think we're going to see Deshaun again. He's had, he's had now a year and a half. And some of the shit that he does on the football field is what you'd expect out of Daniel Jones. In terms of like some of the decision making, uh, it, is, it is really bad. So Deshaun Watson's dead last for me in that list. If you would have asked me this five weeks ago, would have been a completely different answer. And the thing is, like Deshaun Watson, he's still scoring points outside of this minus, you know, one point seven five. 
he's scoring points, but he's doing it very similar to Jordan Love and and Russell Wilson is they're scoring fantasy points, but they're doing it not attractive. It's a very ugly way of scoring points. So hard pass. So on that list. Yeah. But anyways, for for Jared Goff, what I would be doing is I would be trying to upgrade from any of those players mentioned. Uh, you can argue that maybe Dak Prescott and Brock and Brock Purdy are a wash, so don't really try to move up for Jared Goff. Just kind of sit pat. But if I have a Kirk Cousins, a Sam Howell, Stafford, um, I would be uh, Deshaun Watson. I would be trying to do them plus to acquire Jared Goff, uh, and even even Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is he, he's a young guy. And I know he's a rookie, but we've seen the other rookies really like CJ Stroud looks significantly better and not it's not like the situations are vastly different. But I think you could argue holding Bryce Young. I would absolutely do it for Jordan Love. If I can do Jordan Love for Jared Goff straight up, I would be doing that all day long. And then if you look at the top tier guys, would would you do That was gonna be my tough question for you. Yeah. Okay. So you go ahead and ask ask the question. Okay. So I'm I'm looking at that next small little tier, um, and I'm gonna keep it really local because there's between the QB ten, which is Anthony Richardson, and QB eleven, which is Kyler Murray. There is a massive tier break. Massive. So like the top ten quarterbacks, I think are relatively untouchable as it concerns Jared Goff. But the, here's a tough question: that little tier of the bottom of the QB one quarterback class, Kyler Murray eleven, Justin Fields twelve. Would you move off of Fields and or Murray to acquire Goff and change? If I could get Goff in a second for Justin Fields, I would I would rather have Goff in a second. Yeah. Goff in a second for Kyler Murray, I'd probably gamble on Kyler Murray. Okay. But it's I, I can I can see an argument. I'd even I'd even try to do if I can get an early mid first. On top of Goff to get, or sorry, yeah, on top of Goff in exchange for Tua, I would, I would rather have Goff in an early to mid first for Tua. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, such a high octane offense that's really hard. Like if you're contending, it is. But I mean, Tua's Tua scoring twenty one a game. Goff is scoring twenty a game. Like you're not getting that much more. It looks a lot more. It's not that big of a difference. And Goff just got his nice contract. He doesn't have the concussion injury history like Tua does. I think it probably makes a lot of sense, tactical sense to flip the two and get a first. You're not going to lose that much in terms of production, and you you stole that you stole that pick. Agreed. And it's funny because I wouldn't do the same thing for Trevor Lawrence, but I should. Yeah. And I think we're going to get into Trevor Lawrence. So let's yep. let's wait on that. Um, yeah, and we'll finish finish this golf. Um, who is our number two nice. dynasty plus delta at the quarterback position? Um, and just just want to finish things off by saying, absolutely, the, Goff is kind of like the reason we're doing this segment. It's like he's he's the poster boy for this segment. If we ever posted like a you know a marketing tweet about our podcast episode, dynasty plus deltas would have a, a picture of Jared Goff on the cover of this. So moving into the number one dynasty plus delta quarterback. Kirk Cousins with a plus 12 delta, currently performing points per game, seventh on the season, and currently uh, ranked as the 19th dynasty quarterback. So a delta of plus 12, a ridiculous by, according to this, this, uh, this rule. Yeah, and it's interesting because looking at it, and I had asked you this question, but Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, and Russell Wilson are basically all the same age. And to me, when I think of Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford, I, in my mind, I think Kirk Cousins is younger than Matt Stafford, but he's yeah. not. I think it's the durability that we've seen on the field. Like Stafford just seems like he's always so beat up. And and he is. Uh, Cousins well, just has had very few injuries and, and he's never hurt, it seems like, somehow. Right? Isn't that yeah. why, why you have that? Yeah. I, I think also it's just Stafford came in. I think he entered the league at twenty years 20, old. Twenty, yeah. I think he's one of the wor- youngest 
quarterbacks. I mean, so he's been doing it for yeah, a long time. Yeah, he's got a lot of miles. Kirk was three or four years older than he when he entered the league. Um, and then Kirk Cousins sat behind RG3 for a year and a yep. half. And so it's just, it felt like he came in six years after Matt Stafford. He kind of did, yeah. Re, yeah, when he, yeah, he kind of did. Um, but I look at it and I'm looking at this and I'm seeing, God, Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson, like they're pretty close in value. It's like Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson are, are close enough in value where you could argue that they're, they're swappable. But I don't, and I get it, Kirk Cousins is 35 and Deshaun Watson is 28. What would you do? Would you gamble on Deshaun Watson or would you just ride out Kirk Cousins for the next couple of years? I'll take Kirk Cousins. My concern with Kirk Cousins is without Justin Jefferson, he laid an egg last week. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson probably going to be out for the next few games. If they keep, if Minnesota keeps losing, is there a new quarterback in Minnesota next year via the draft? And then does Minnesota move on from Kirk Cousins? And then if he does move on, where does he go? I think they might anyway, because like, I think this just contractually, it doesn't make sense anymore. But the reason why I would still stick with Kirk, I know it's not the greatest long-term, but I, I still think that Deshaun Watson presents plenty of risk himself, maybe not contractually, but just performance-wise. Kirk doesn't like I would rather bet on the guy that is not a risk performance but a risk with a contract versus betting a betting a guy that has, you know, the the vice versa the opposite. So I I'll bet on Kirk especially knowing that later this season if I want to flex away from him, I'll have an easier time doing that as well. Okay. Yeah, I get it. And I would be doing something similar with if I could get Stafford and a I would be doing this every league that I have Kirk Cousins. If I can get Stafford in a second for Kirk Cousins, I would do that all day long. Yeah. It's yeah, you're you're kind of get you're hurting yourself short term potentially, especially if they start winning games. I mean, he's scoring about four, you know, it's four points, which is a touchdown. But I'm betting on Kirk Cousins coming down in terms of total production. And Matthew Stafford's been consistent. Like he scored between 14 and 19 points per game every single week. Yeah. So he's not giving you a high ceiling. He's giving you like a solid QB2 number. Um, and Kirk Cousins is flirt, you know, he's giving you some QB1 numbers, but he's also given you borderline QB3 numbers uh, in other weeks. I would rather just take Stafford in the second now with Cup back and puka looking like they have a nice duo there and stafford's bound to have a couple of those monster games that he hasn't had yet law of averages mm -hmm. i think it makes sense to 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 do that swap yeah i would agree with that um especially like you're right there's less risk with the contracts matt stafford is under contract through 2026 with a potential out after 2025 which is like that's you know, plenty of time to be able to like reevaluate, pivot off if you need to. Like if your team is going from a contender to more of a rebuild or a retooling type of situation, like Stafford still presents pretty good asset for a team that wants to contend. So I, I like that. That's good. Would you be doing anything other with Kirk Cousins? Um, he, he is kind of that like that he's at that age, that stage of his life of his career where like if you're going to acquire Kirk Cousins unless you're planning on making a quick move again this season like a like a turn and burn kind of thing flip for profit he's kind of stuck on your team like he's going to be your guy for a while because you're not going to be able to get enough value in future seasons to make it worth the production that you're losing so mm -hmm. unless you can find like a situation like what you're talking about where it's a similarly aged quarterback that could that's capable of the same type of performance but again you're kind of like uh, pigeonholed with these these guys. They're going to be on your roster until they ride off into the sunset, basically. Would you try to move up for like a Brock Purdy or yeah, anybody that would... in that tier above? Like, would you gamble yeah, on? I would. The The problem with that is, so like, let's see, uh, Kirk Cousins in a 12-team super flex in the Dynasty Trade Calculator is valued at 22.5 value points and Brock Purdy is 30.6. Uh, uh, that's a difference of eight, and that's probably about an early second. 
an early to mid second. And it's early. Yeah, it's early. And here's the thing. Anybody who has Brock Purdy is not going to give him up for Kirk Cousins in an early second. Like, like the Brock Purdy is on the rise. We've talked about this before. Like Brock Purdy is ascending in value and Kirk Cousins is descending just based on age, not his performance. But they're mm-hmm. kind of going different directions. So the current value gap that they represent, it's it's going to take an overpay of that value gap if you want to acquire Purdy. It's going to take a, a late first um, and Kirk Cousins to acquire Brock Purdy. Yep. Makes um, sense. And w- would I do that? I mean, late first, assuming that means I'm a contender. I don't know, man. Like... I- Maybe just I'd rather keep my first and ride out Kirk Cousins and maybe hope hopefully I get somebody to fill that pipeline with my first round picks. I'd keep Cousins in the first. That that is okay. that is an impossible trade in my opinion. It's one of those ones where I would like most people wouldn't be willing to give up what it's going to take, and most people wouldn't be like uh, on the Purdy side. Nobody's going to give Purdy for a second and Cousins, and nobody's going to give cousins in a first to get purdy so i think that one's kind of like a stalemate good so this is a good point so what if instead of doing that you went after you know like what if you did like um kirk cousins and rashi rice for brock purdy would you do that Mm, i like rice what about and noodles yeah, brown or white? Mm-hmm. Are you a white rice or a brown rice guy? Uh, I like white rice way better. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about Deontay? Um, yeah, Deontay man. and Cousins for Purdy. Would you do that? I, I would, uh, and only because Deontay's like being banged up and tied to a quarterback who is like, there's no clear view of what that situation is going to be like in the future. So like, I, I don't like that. And Deontay is. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be like a, a one or two year investment in, in Deontay if you believe in the talent before he's able to get a better situation. So like I would do that because I'm I don't want to sit on him. So you okay? So Kirk Cousins and Rice, you'd rather have Kirk Cousins and Rice than Purdy, um, but you'd rather have Purdy over Deontay and I, I do. Well, are, let me let me um clarify. I do like Rice specifically, White Rice, but Rashi Rice, I I would rather have Purdy over Cousins and Rice. Right. Okay. Oh, you would. Okay. Yeah. I'll. I'll I take that and, trade, and I, I. don't think that Rice is worth a first yet. Right now. No, he's not. He's just below that first. Yeah, I'm not sure a party owner would do that, but if you would, I'd be willing to make that trade. Yes. What about Tank Dell or Nico Collins? Ooh, yeah. I would. I would keep Tank or Nico. Okay, so you like Tank or Nico over Rice and Deontay? Yeah. Um, what about Christian Watson? Yeah, that goes back to the love conversation. I, I, I would probably, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'd, I would have to take the cousins and Watson side. Like Watson currently ha- has some insulation there because of love's poor play. Um, but mm-hmm. man, I wouldn't be holding on to that guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't like that. I'm in the Watson fade camp. Um, but I've you are? never been in the Watt. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, well, since day one, I've never been a big Christian Watson. Oh, you haven't. Okay. I, think I thought in, you said you no, were. I think in best ball, I think in best ball or non PPR, you can make the case. But he, the dude doesn't generate targets and he doesn't have a lot of receptions. I bet you can count on three uh, on a on a Ninja Turtles fingers how many times he's had five or more receptions in a game. Yeah. I mean, the time to sell him was hands. when you you had a inclination that Aaron Rodgers was leaving the team. I think that his yeah yeah. What is how many hands do a Ninja, Ninja Turtles have, or how many fingers do they have on their hands? Oh, like three, three, like only three or something like that. Yeah, is it three? Yeah, good call. Okay, it's three. Thank you, producer, for confirming that. <laughs> um, let's see how many times a guy like Christian Watson. So he's so it's zero this year. He had two, so two. So he hasn't even in how many career games is this? One, two, 17 career games. 17 career games, he's had two games with over five, five or more receptions. He's wow, never so had yeah. more than, he's never had more than eight targets in a game. 
Yeah, so definitely fewer than a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fingers or yeah, which splinter. Is, which is not which is not good, especially no. for somebody that has been deemed, you know, now now last year he was dealing with a different situation, um, you know, being a rookie and all of that, and I, and I get it. But this year, like the, this last game, he has no. There's no reason why he should be getting three targets. He's getting out targeted by you know Jaden Reed and Romeo Dubs, and it's been like that since he's came back. Yeah, and I th- I think his snaps were down too. I think he got rattled a couple of times. I saw him limp off the field while I was watching. But yeah, yeah, he got hurt later in the game, but he still played 88 percent of the snaps. Yeah, 88 a lot. Ended yeah, up okay. with five targets. Yeah, it's know, not enough. Not enough. So. I'm all I'm all the way out on on Christian Watson in in PPR. Yeah, and if you and if you got him, if you have him on your roster, you got to sit a little bit until you have a bigger performance because it's not a not a great time to sell Watson right now. For sure. Um, would would Downs or Ridley change your mind on that? Uh man, yeah, I like those two. Okay, so you'd rather have Downs, Ridley, and Cousins? Yeah. Over Purdy? Okay. So that's where the line is. Yeah. Got it. And I guess you can make the argument for Christian Watson, but not for me. Yeah. Um, and that's so, I think that's pretty good for the Dynasty yes, Delta Plus. Good. Yeah, because we got a... And, and I knew that the meat and potatoes of this discussion were going to be in the plus quarterbacks, but we do have to shift over to the minus quarterbacks for the sake of time. Um, and we're going to start once again with the climatic finish, um, starting with the third minus quarterback so this person is a minus eight for the delta so they're currently ranked on the season as the 21st quarterback in points per game and they're ranked in dynasty as the 13th quarterback in dynasty and that is one that we've already mentioned i think we've already mentioned all three of these but dak prescott third for dynasty minus quarterback delta with eight point delta so what are you doing like this would technically qualify as a sell and i i kind of agree with this one i i don't think that i'd be hanging on to dak prescott i just haven't man i was like so what's going on with quarterbacks this season it seems like there's a lot of the guys you'd normally rely on like deshaun watson dak prescott like they're just not reliable anymore like something's wrong with dak and it's like i don't know if he's just getting old fast or what it is but i i'm out i don't like it you don't like dak I don't like Dak. I, I, I'd, if I can, if somebody's going to give me 13th quarterback value for Dak right now, I'm taking it. Yeah, he had a. I mean, he had an. He, I think he was the highest rated quarterback. And now it's PFF, so it's it's take it with a grain of salt. But he was the highest rated quarterback uh, before the bye week. Before his bye week against the Chargers. Yeah, but the Chargers, the Chargers are yes, the 32nd ranked. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. So when you say you're all the way out on Dak, what would you be doing outside of trying to flip him straight up for a Purdy or a Goff? What else would you do with Dak? Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to add anything to flip Dak for Purdy. You know, you should hope to try to get change. I I would absolutely, no pun intended, I would absolutely love to, Jordan, love to make that trade. If somebody wants to offer me Purdy plus some change for Dak, like maybe one of the aforementioned wide receivers or a second, some, you know, it seems like a a pick is always pretty easy. So they're dead even. They're pretty much dead even. So let's, let's go with, you would do it straight up. What if somebody said, what if, what if somebody agreed with you and said, Hey, I'm going to need more. I need a second on top of Dak. Yeah. And based, yeah. Based on the understanding that Dak is declining and Purdy is, um, inclining, what, what would be the, I mean, yeah. Decline, incline. Yeah. Yeah, decline, incline. Uh, I would pro- I, I would pay the premium for that, and it might be I would try to get away with a third. And it's like you're paying for your preference almost, since they're they are pretty close. What about a um, second? I would pay a second, but not anything crazy, not like a super early second. If I'm a contender, I would give my second to flip that. Somebody said that to me. I offered them a trade, and they said the players are too close. They're God, who was it? Yeah, the cost of preference. And this is an interesting conversation. Yeah, the cost of preference. So I offered last week Debo Samuel for for Michael Pittman. And the response was roughly the same tier, so I need a second plus on top for it to make sense. (laughs) So second plus. 
which I think is a little excessive. Yeah. Um, but and I, I didn't respond. But anyways, um, <laughs> so you view that the same. You're, if it's the same tier, you need a, would you need a second? Let's flip it the other way. Let's say you have Brock Purdy and somebody has Dak and they're trying to push Dak onto you for Brock Purdy. At what point do you cave in and take a Dak? Like, is there any, there is obviously a, a, a Ted DiBiase once said, everybody's got a price, right? Yeah. Late first, early second. So if somebody said Dak Prescott in an early second for Brock Purdy, you would, you would take Dak in an early second. That'd be that'd be a, I, that'd be the line for me, yeah. Like that's okay. I would I would waffle okay. over that. Okay. And then let's take it a step further. If you have Dak, would you give up Dak in a first for like a CJ Stroud? hundred percent. And when you say first, where would that line be? Are you saying mid first? Uh well, that's a, a whole additional conversation. I would I would say absolutely hundred percent for the late first. Um, And I'd probably do the mid first um, and I wouldn't do the early first. Okay. And I'm assuming the same goes for Tua, Trevor Lawrence tier. Yep. Yeah. I mean, CJ Stroud's in that same tier with him. Yep. And Anthony Richardson too, even though like depending on my my team situation, I would probably hold Anthony Richardson in in the same tier as CJ Stroud. He just scores differently. Okay. Cool. And... I'd have a hard time doing it because I just don't like trading first. So I'd, I'd yeah. rather do a player. So I would try to do like a Dak and somebody in like the Debo range, McLaurin range. Try maybe try and do a Dak and Debo for a, a Stroud. Yeah, I don't know. If you're rebuilding, if you're rebuilding, and you have a Dak and, and Debo. Doing that for a Anthony Richardson makes a whole lot of sense for me. I agree. Um, what about Kyler? Do you think there's something creative there? Try and do like Dak in a second for Kyler? I think it's a real smart pivot. Really smart. And I think uh, Ky- like Kyler, the, the problem with it was like Kyler owners have been sitting on him so long. So that might be kind of tough to pull the trigger on that for a, a Kyler owner. But I, I absolutely love that strategy. I would, I would be doing that. If I if I'm a DAC owner, okay, cool. Real real quick question because I'm looking at these tiers. Can you put these guys in order for me? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Tua, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Um, at this point, I take Tua over Trevor. I think Trevor is gonna. Yeah. I think Trevor's value is trying to find itself still. Like it's like it's skyrocketed in the off season, and all these tools and assets and staff. Have just kind of shown that he's like we can see what he's capable of. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's just it's still kind of like settling. And I think he's going to settle right around 10, 11, 12. That's going to be like where he's going to be at, which is great. Like, you know, that serves purpose. I think Tua is going to continue to rise, though. I think there's been a number of games this season where he's been, you know, a, a really close couple of plays off of having many more touchdowns. The running backs are just kind of getting some big chunk plays and getting in the end zone where like a lot of those plays could be passing touchdowns for him. They're just scoring so many points and they're getting so much volume that I would be betting on Tua. So I'm, I'll take Tua ahead of Trevor and I got to put Stroud and Richardson in that same tier. Um, is that what you're asking me? It's those four. Yeah, those four. I'll, I'll go Tua, Stroud, Richardson, Trevor. Real easy. Okay. Really easy. Wow. Yeah, okay, that's an so easy Tre- one. You've, You've kind of given up on Trevor being no, yeah, elite. yeah, top, yeah, top five, yeah. I just I feel like he'll settle right around ten, and that's and it's great. Like I I like Trevor, but I think that I think his his ceiling is uh, a little bit more limited than these other guys. Interesting. Um. Okay. What about you? So that's Dak. I'd go Stroud one of that group. Yeah, and no, no, you're you've never really been a Tua guy anyway, so. I'm, you're working against Listen, that. Like, like, I'm not a two. I, I think for the offense, two is great. Once Mike McDaniel, I'd mentioned those. I've always an anti-Tua guy, but once Mike McDaniel was hired as coach, my comment was, "This is," and I and I can't remember. I can't quote it, but essentially it was, "This is the right type of fit for a guy like Tua." And if he doesn't 
succeed with a guy like Mike McDaniel, he's not going to succeed with anybody. Still a pretty negative. That's a pretty still a pretty negative outlook on the, you probably yes. didn't expect him to be like this this highly ranked at this point though. Or look this good. Dude, honestly, I compared it at the time to like well Jimmy looked good in San Francisco. He looked like a a quarterback in San Francisco. He's not a good quarterback. So that system will make a good quarterback or an okay quarterback look good to great and a good quarterback look elite. So I think Tua is a is an okay to I think he's a solid quarterback that looks great in that offense. But you take Tua and you flip Tua and Mac Jones, Tua is screwed. And Mac Jones looks amazing. We're we're having the same conversation as like a Brock Purdy uh, right now with Mac Jones. He'd be in between where Tua is in terms of value and where Brock Purdy is. Yeah, fair enough. So these offenses like San Francisco and Miami that are so quarterback friendly, I can't guarantee that Tua is going to be there forever. Yeah, I agree. So it's like I just don't trust the player himself as a talent, but I love the situation. I think C.J. Stroud is a guy that early on in his career so far, I would rather take the gamble because I think of those of those four guys, I think C.J. Stroud has the best chance of cracking into the top five or six. Yeah. So I I'd roll the dice on that. That is the gamble. I agree it's the gamble, but I don't mind it. So I go C.J. And I, I think these are all close. These guys are all close for me. So it's not like... If I have C.J. Stroud and, or Trevor Lawrence and somebody offers me C.J. Stroud, I'd probably ask for something, um, a spice, a spice, you know, to spice it up a little bit, something small that I like. But yeah, C.J. Stroud, I would go C.J. Um, <laughs> His own damn question. I'd, I'd still, I'd still probably take Trevor ever so slightly. Trevor so Tua. slightly, okay. Trevor so slightly ahead of Tua. Oh man, if if I was if I was Trevor, that would be my like Twitter handle right there. Trevor so slightly, or like my Trevor so slightly gamer tag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Anthony Richardson ten, only because the jury. I think the jury is still out on Anthony. He's been hurt three times already, um, and I don't know what his ceiling is as a passer yet. So I think there's too big of a, an unknown. To put him ahead of those other three guys. Yeah, I agree. Or uh, happily Trevor after. Nice. I, like I agree with those statements. We got to move on. We got two more guys here. But before we do, I did okay. say I, I kind of promised an analogy while you were talking about the price of preference, yeah. the cost of preference. It's almost like you have to treat your league mates as uh, a car dealership. So like when you drive a car off the lot, a.k.a. you acquire a player of theirs. All of a sudden, it is worth less to them because it's no longer on their team, no longer on their lot. And the reason why it's like a trade in price. So, like as soon as you acquire a guy and it's on your team, and let's say even though there's a car that is has the exact same retail value as like your car that you're trading in has the same retail value as a car on their lot, they're only give you trade in price for yours. So, like the cost, the cost mm. of preference is like a car dealership's trade in value. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You have to Good give uh, another five grand on top of that car. I know that these would sell for the exact same price, but that's how this works. Yep. Um, okay, so moving on to the, we've got two left. The number two minus quarterback for Dynasty Deltas is a Delta of minus nine, currently in the season, ranked 16th quarterback for points per game, and is currently ranked in Dynasty as a seventh overall quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, none other than Trevor Lawrence. We promise we'll mm-hmm. have a little bit of a mold breaker in the in the last one here. But yeah, Trevor currently a minus nine delta should technically be a sell. And I kind of uh, again, I kind of agree with that. You know, and, uh, just like my statements from the previous thing, we probably don't need to really beat this one down because we've talked a lot about it. But I'd be trading, I, I'd be trading Trevor at that seventh QB price because I think that he's going to fall down to like that 10, 11 range. Trevor has like three weeks left i feel if trevor is still putting up you know 16 17 points a game i think he does does drop in dynasty he's not that 
in terms of production, he's averaging 17 and a half points a game. You know, a guy like Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy are with Jared Goff are within three points of him. Right. So he's which is kind of a lot for quarterbacks, I will agree. Two points, really not that much. Three points, three and a half, you're getting close to a full touchdown difference. You can make the argument that the same argument that Tua is missing out on touchdowns because of the running game, you can kind of make that argument for for um, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, just not at that degree. Because ETN scored multiple touchdowns. He's had two or more touchdowns in the last, th- the last three weeks. So those touchdowns flip. I mean, he, ETN's on pace for, what is that, 18 total touchdowns on the season, 17 total touchdowns. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big number to overcome as a, as a quarterback when your running back's getting that many touchdowns, not to mention um, if Tank Bigsby has any. Um, so I would... I'm not pushing the panic button on Trevor Lawrence just yet. No, I'm not either. Just yeah, for the record. But he needs he needs to be better. Like we we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence needs a coach and an offensive line and weapons. I feel like this is finally the year that he's pretty much got that. Well, well, I'm going to ask your own question to you though. If somebody offered you C.J. Stroud for Trevor Lawrence, because currently they're they're separated by a couple of value points in the calculator. Would you rather have Stroud or Lawrence? If I was doing a startup draft, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Let's do it this way. And I was at the seventh spot in the draft. I would gamble on CJ Stroud. So then, I mean, I mean, like the trade is that, that answers your trade question too. Like if somebody offered you Stroud straight up for Trevor, you take it. Stroud straight up for Trevor. I if if they would not budge. I would probably take it. It is a risk. Like I, the the problem is like I would want to get something just to justify the risk that I'm taking. Cuz we've seen quarterbacks have a great start to their career and then fizzle. The reason why I'm kind of banking on CJ Stroud is he's looked good against decent teams as a rookie yeah as a rookie you know like historically the ravens have been i mean against the past their second um against quarterbacks looked pretty good against goff like cj stroud looked better against the ravens than jared goff did you know so i view his floor as being really good and i'm thinking if he comes in and, and C.J. Stroud doesn't get to that top five, but ends up falling into, well, C.J. Stroud is basically a young, younger Jared Goff type or Kirk Cousins type. You know, I'm good with that. Yeah. I wish he ran a little bit more. I mean, he's, he's averaging less than 10 yards per game on the ground. So I wish he was more of a scrambler. It really limits his ceiling. But he doesn't need it, yeah. He he doesn't need it on the trajectory that he's that he's right. on. Yep, and I like and I like that for his durability. I, I would I would trade since he's good enough with his arm. I would trade ground production for durability. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it, it just if you're getting 20 points a game as a rookie and you're doing that without rushing, that's it's a pretty good start. Yeah, and really like he's no significant weapons, right? No, he's not he's not throwing well, to like any hall of future hall of famers, you know. No, he's got two solid receivers that probably aren't QB ones or or sorry, wide receiver ones in terms of talent, but yeah. they're probably wide receiver twos. So he's sure. got a couple yeah. wide receiver twos no, nothing, that he's throwing yeah, to. Crazy. The run game has been non existent. So it's not like he's taking advantage of you know, having Derrick Henry in the Tennessee Titans offensive line where Derrick Henry's just going crazy and yeah, everything's agree. opened up for him. So yeah, I, I we're looking at a a star in the making with CJ Stroud. Uh and I wanna be in on that train early in case it takes off. Yeah, yeah. I agree. 
And I'll take the chance with Trevor because I agree with you. Trevor does not look like a bona fide top five quarterback. We've been waiting too long and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we got we do got to pivot into the final quarterback okay. of the segment. This is the number one biggest minus delta of the quarterbacks sitting with a difference of 11 ranked on the season as a 27th overall quarterback in points per game and the dynasty quarterback 16 Bryce Young. Um, I think he gets probably a little bit of rookie value insulation and uh, draft capital, all the things that come along with him. But it, it is cause for concern, you know, like with uh, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson showing up the way that they did they did this season in the same draft class it is a little bit a little bit concerning with Bryce Young. Yeah, and I think that's the big difference is the Stroud to Young difference in terms of how they look is significant. Yeah. And it's not to say like okay, we is it fair to put them to to punish Young because Stroud looks so good? Stroud just might be he's either a an elite a a, a future elite quarterback right in the making or he's just had a stroke of luck to start his career yeah that's why it's a gamble right and that's that's where the gamble comes in so with Bryce Young however i don't and this is also he was the qb3 for me in this draft class i don't see it i don't see the the it factor with with Bryce Young i hate that he's he's little He's little and he doesn't run. Yeah, and it's not like he's got he doesn't it's it's not like he's got bad receivers either, you know. He's got some he's got a pretty good core of receivers. <clears throat> an aging Adam Thielen, an up and coming um rookie Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, still has Terrace Marshall, who hasn't really done anything in his career, nothing significant yet, but Lavisca Chenault. So like uh Amir Smith Marset, there's there's a, a stable of wide receivers. I I'd I'd rather have the Panthers receivers over the Texans receivers, personally. You would. In like in terms of a one year thing. Yeah, yeah. Like as a as a franchise evaluating the wide receiver talent, the the room. I'd rather have the Panthers room over the Texans room. Interesting. Okay. I I think Tank Dell and Nico are are better than you can make the argument that Thielen is the best receiver of the Those three. Of the three, but then the next two, I think, is Nico and, and Tank. I agree, and, and I'm, my my only point is that I don't think anybody can say that Bryce Young has bad receivers to throw to. So that's not the problem, you know. Like, it's just it's hopefully it's a slow start. Um, but the question mm-hmm. is, this is the burning question, and then we, we're going to close this one down, but are you moving away from your Bryce Young shares? Well, I only have one because I don't like having – if I have the opportunity, I don't want to keep drafting the same – try drafting the same guy even I though agree. I get in the habit of yep. doing that. Hedge, so hedge. I drafted Bryce Young just in case I was wrong. Yep. Um, so I don't love the fact that I have him. Um, the problem is I don't know what to do with him. I don't know where to go with him. Like, there's nobody I feel comfortable paying up for. I don't like the idea of selling him at such a low price point. Um, with with him being a rookie, I would rather wait and gamble on a big week, big week or two to catapult his value a little bit, and then try to move off of him. You just got done saying we had you we rated our ranked our quarterbacks, and you had Purdy ahead of Young. So would you be flexing away from Young no. into Purdy? No. I'd rather have oh I'd rather have Purdy than Young yes yeah so if, you, if so that's that's you didn't know what to do but I'm just telling you what to do oh yeah yeah I, no I see I don't know if you can make that happen though if you have Bryce Young right now you're not competing if you have Brock Purdy you probably are like flex Bryce into Goff yeah I mean I would I would do that yeah I would do that I just don't know if if once again with Goff if he's your QB two. You're probably a contender. If you have Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy as your QB2, you're probably a contender. Yeah, that's if, true. If one of those, if Goff and Purdy are on a bottom three or four team and you have Bryce Young, I don't hate the idea of just trading Bryce Young straight up for those guys and just trying to kind of get out from under Bryce. Yeah, that makes sense. And just and remove and remove the risk of Bryce Young. It, you put too much capital into Bryce Young to 
risk losing that value. So I would rather just hey take my small L and pivot off of Bryce Young to get into a Goff and Purdy. And to be honest with you, Bryce Young, if you think about his ceiling, what is his ceiling? I don't know if Bryce Young, he would need a Tua-like situation. He's like the right-handed Tua. <laughs> so he'd need a, a, a Tua-like situation to catapult into the top 10, into a QB1. So you're sitting on Bryce Young. I view him as a, as a future QB2 as his likely outcome. I just don't see Bryce Young being a future QB1. Yeah. Probably so right. I would move off of him and go to a Brock Purdy or, or Jared Goff and just try to cash my chips. Yeah, that's a pretty good place to end it up to. That was the brand new segment, Dynasty Delta. Come back to us again next week as we cover the running back position. This should be great. Uh, I really like this segment a lot. It's kind of a good way to, unique way to identify buys and sells and have a good conversation about them. If you guys are still listening, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.